Welcome to the Peg Leg Podcast. I'm Greg Marshall. I tell stories with a limp. True stories about mistakes, missteps, and inspiring encounters that change the trajectory of life. This is episode five. It's called Most of What I Needed to Know I Learned from Kids with Special Needs. You and I are in a global pandemic together. Right now is not easy for a lot of reasons. With that in mind, I want to share three short, encouraging stories about three very unique individuals. Each one helped me to discover pieces of wisdom that I need right now. Story one, a little girl who bit me and spit on me on a daily basis, yet became one of my favorite people in the world. Story two, a 12-year-old child with autism who taught me you can trade control for something far more satisfying. And story three is about a little girl who impacted the trajectory of my life in a way I never could have imagined. Story one, Latasia. When I applied to work as a line therapist with children who have autism, I really had no idea what I was getting into. I knew I wanted to be challenged and to learn new things, but I didn't know what to expect. One of my first kiddos was a little girl named Latasia. My job was to help Latasia with self-regulation and social skills in the context of a Head Start program. I'll never forget seeing her for the first time. The senior therapist walked me into the classroom and pointed at a little fireball bouncing around the room. Her head was shaven and her arms were bandaged up to the elbows. Her skin was shiny from an oil that covered her from head to toe. I was afraid to ask what was wrong with her. The senior therapist told me she had eczema really bad, to the point where she chews on herself and bleeds from it. They kept her head shaved so that they can treat the skin on her scalp. I had to ask, is it okay to touch her? My trainer smiled and said, yes, let's go meet her. Latasia was mostly blind and on the autism spectrum. Her experience of the world was very different from mine. It was going to take a while to understand her. Right away, I knew I was in for an adventure when she bit me and she spit on me, and she swore at me. But then we'd have these moments where I knew we were connecting. I'd read a book, and she'd lean on my shoulder and rest while listening. And then she'd lose her mind again. I just kept pursuing her because I didn't understand her, and I wanted to. But it was hard. There were times I'd get in my car and think to myself, I am done. I cannot do this anymore. But then I'd go back. And I kept trying. One time we were playing and she bit me again and I went off on her. I said, hey, you are my friend. You will always be my friend. And there is nothing you can do to change that. I don't care if you bite me, scratch me, yell at me, or spit on me. I'm going to be your friend because I like you. I'm staying. But first I'm going to go to the nurse and get bandaged because you bit me. Not long after that, I went on a much-needed vacation for a week. When I got back, her teacher said to me, 
Oh, Latasia is going to be so excited to see you. She's been asking for you every day while you've been gone. I said, what? She bites me and yells at me. And he said, yeah, but she really loves you. Wow. Think about that. Her behaviors are inconvenient and even hurtful. 98% of what she is doing sends the message that she does not like me. But she does. She even prefers me. I guess there's always more to the behavior than what meets the eye. Latasia and I got really close. One time I visited her home and found out her mom was also mostly blind. They had no working lights in their home. No food in their refrigerator. And her daily existence was scary, the things she would hear and experience. At Head Start, we found a rhythm together. We played and worked on social skills. I read to her. Sometimes I'd get food for her because I knew she wasn't going to get any at home. My favorite moments were when I'd read to her and she'd lean into my shoulder and fall asleep. I'd keep reading because it seemed like the cadence of my words put her at ease. She stopped biting me. We became good friends. Sadly, I never saw her again after that year. She moved to another city. I don't know how she's doing. I hope she's okay. I hope she met other people who will look beyond the inconvenient behavior and search for the treasure that I found in her heart and mind. The truth is we all need someone to do that for us at some point in our lives, not just kids like Latasia. Latasia, little girl, thank you for showing me there's always more to the story and for teaching me that some of the most special friendships are the ones that require a little extra work. Story number two, Charlie. Charlie was learning to read and I was supposed to help him. I watched a more experienced therapist tutor Charlie once. She would ask him to read a page from a book. He would then jump up and bounce around the room as she did everything she could to get him to come back, sit down, and read. That became the pattern. She'd ask him to read. He'd do everything but that. And she'd do everything she could to get him back. Then it was my turn. Charlie was a 12-year-old boy with autism, and he had an impressively large curly fro on his head. On this day, his mom and dad were watching, too. I knew what Charlie was going to do when I asked him to read. I wasn't sure what I was going to do, though. <laughs> Have you ever been in a situation where the people watching assume you're the expert, but deep inside you know that you really don't know what you're doing? <laughs> that, that was me with Charlie that day. Clueless. So I took a deep breath and tried to remember what I learned in my training sessions with the actual experts. I remembered what a child psychologist said in one of those sessions. It was something like, your goal isn't to control behaviors, it's to build relationships with the child. She also said something about allowing time and space for kids to process information. I leaned into those words guessing what they might mean in this situation with Charlie. I grabbed the book, said hi to his parents, said hi to Charlie, and I sat down on the floor next to Charlie, opening the book to page one. I said, Charlie, will you please read this page? 
Charlie jumped up, ran around the room, bouncing and making noises. My impulse was to do what I had seen done and try to get him to sit back down. But I knew that wouldn't work. I thought about what the psychologist said, and I did the most strategic thing I could think of. I gave up. I sat there and did nothing, and I waited. After about 45 seconds, which felt like an eternity, Charlie came back to me on his own, sat down, read the page, and then looked at me wanting to know what to do next. I said, can you read this page too? He ran around, bounced around the room, made noises, and after another 45 seconds or so, he came back, sat down, and read the next page. When he ran away from the book, he wasn't trying to get away from it. He was preparing himself to do the thing he was asked to do. Imagine how frustrating it would be if someone asked you to read. Then as you started getting your mind and body ready to read, that same person stopped you from getting ready and thereby not letting you do the thing you were asked to do. When we tried to control Charlie, making him approach reading how we thought he should read, we got in the way. We choked out the opportunity for him to enjoy it. Then when we let go of the need to control Charlie, when we let go of how we thought it should look, that's when we were able to find a connection with him. And that connection allowed us to not just get through the book, but know each other better. Charlie, thank you for showing me it's possible to trade control for connection. My marriage is better when I practice that. So is my work and my friendships. Trading control for connection is helping me reduce anxiety in every area of my life, Charlie. Thank you, buddy. And our final story, number three, Annie. Annie changed the trajectory of my life more than any other kiddo I worked with. She was 10 years old when I met her. Her biggest challenge was her morning routine. Her mom, Becky, described it as an hour and a half of combative resistance. Every morning was a battle. It was exhausting and discouraging for both Annie and her mom. As a line therapist, that morning routine became my primary focus. I wasn't sure what to do exactly. I'd never helped a child practice a morning routine before, and my training didn't exactly cover this specifically. I remember when I started, I played with Annie. We colored, ran around. Eventually, we sat down at a desk, and I asked her some questions about what she likes to do. She said she loved music, hip-hop music. That was a big deal for me because at the time, I was recording an album with some friends about and about to try and launch into a music career. We created hip-hop music. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons I got the job as an in-home therapist was because it was flexible and allowed me to focus on writing and recording when I needed to. When Annie said she loved music, I knew what we had to do. I asked her to write out her morning routine, every detail she could. I asked her some questions to understand it, and then I said, Annie... We're going to make a song. I called up Dave Olson, who was producing our album, and asked him if he'd record me over a beat that we weren't using. 
I took Annie's summary of her morning routine and sat down with that beat, and I wrote lyrics. As I wrote it, I imagined what it would be like for her to listen to the song. I thought about how to make it catchy and memorable and meaningful for her specifically. When it was ready, Dave came to my apartment and we recorded it. I called it Annie's song. She was super excited about it. She'd listen to it when she went to bed, when she got up, while getting dressed, while eating breakfast, while waiting for the bus, nonstop for weeks and weeks. It probably drove her parents nuts. But over time, her routine, her routine went from an hour and a half of fighting to about 20 minutes, minutes of smooth sailing. Her relationship with her parents improved. She was going to school in a better place mentally and emotionally. Her mom was feeling less stressed. Good things were happening. When the owner of our clinic, Andy Paulson, heard about what happened, he reached out to me and we talked about how we might be able to reach more kids with music like that. That was the beginning of an adventure I never could have imagined. With Andy's investment, my friends and I created an album called You Come Too. It was hip-hop for kids. Never in a million years did I think I'd be making kids' music, but I did, and it was the best use of my time and talents for those years. We performed for over a million people live all over the country. We won an international songwriting competition, a Parents' Gold Choice Award, and one of our albums that was written for high school audience was recognized as a top five most added hip-hop album to college radio nationally in 2007. By letting me help them, Annie and her family helped me discover my voice. And more importantly, they helped me discover that my voice wasn't just for me and my story. The purpose of my songwriting and performing was to give other people a voice, to make sure their stories were told. And that is a story worthy of its own episode for another time. As I think about Annie's story today amidst the global pandemic that we're experiencing together, I feel like we're not too different from Annie. We can feel overwhelmed by everything that needs to be done and all the changes. Maybe we need a better morning routine too. A quick walk, a reflection, journaling, reading. Maybe we can do a better job of owning our first steps each day. That might be good for us too. Another thing I learned from Annie is that sometimes we need to let go of what we imagine our lives looking like in order to find our most meaningful path. I never planned to write music for kids. That was not what I pictured as a hip-hop artist. But meeting Annie and seeing that our music could help her, that inspired me to do it. Her well-being became more important than what I thought my music career should look like. Being willing to let go of what I imagined enabled me to find the path that I've been on, and I am so grateful for that. Thank you, Annie. Ultimately, what I learned from every kid I worked with was that wisdom is like a treasure that we find when we're willing to search for it in places that other people overlook. Thank you for listening to the Peg Leg Podcast. Please subscribe, leave a comment, and share it with your friends. And now, I'll leave you with Annie's song. Peace.
This song is dedicated to Annie O'Brien, recorded on August 15th, 2004. Good morning, Annie. How you doing, girl? Yeah, the sun's shining. Good morning, sunshine. All right, I'm feeling good today. It's time to get up and get things ready, right? Yeah, that's right. It's time to get ready. So let's do it like this, all right? Check it out. Yo. I know when to wake up, I know when it's time My mom gives me a hug and says good morning sunshine I know what happens then, it happens every time After I wake up, my mom opens up the blinds Then I have to go to the bathroom, yeah I go That's right, uh uh-huh, I know, put my feet down on the floor Next I pick out clothes, put my head down to my toes But first I check the weather to see if it's warm or cold Gotta make a choice, gotta make a good decision When I get my clothes on, I get to go to the kitchen Gotta make a choice, gotta make a good decision When I get my clothes on, I get to go to the the kitchen yeah that's right i go to the kitchen check it out it's like this i come out come out come out gotta make a good decision and when i get my clothes on i get to go to the kitchen come out come out come out gotta make a good decision and when i get my clothes on i get to go to the kitchen i sit down at the table eat all my food smile cause i'm thankful cause the food's so good i eat all that i can like seaweed in japan gotta use a spoon cause i don't want to use my hands when my food's gone Put my shoes on, tie them tight to the right. This is Annie's song. Tie them tight to the right. This is Annie's song. Tie them tight to the right. This is Annie's song. Yeah, I sit down at the table, eat all my food. Smile cause I'm thankful cause the food's so good. I eat all that I can, like seaweed in Japan. Gotta use a spoon cause I don't wanna use my hands. When my food's gone, I put my shoes on. Tie them tight to the right. This is Annie's song. Tie them tight to the right. This is Annie's song. Tie them tight to the right. This is Annie's song. Now my belly. Full. My clothes match the weather I go to take my meds cause they make me feel better Sometimes I don't like it but I know it does me good So I take my meds without complaining like I know I should Oh that was beautiful, let's hear that again Alright check it out, it's like this Yo, now my belly's full My clothes match the weather I go take my meds cause they make me feel better Sometimes I don't like it but I know it does me good So I take my meds without complaining like I know I should Sometimes I stretch, but down touch my feet But after taking meds, it's time to brush my teeth a brushing with the brush, a brushing not a bush I clean them cause I need them, it's an easy pull and push I like the mini fresh, the feeling is the best I brush them quick, wipe off my lips and clean up any mess I'm almost done, I'm on my way Before I go I need my coat so I can say Alright everybody, it's time to go Grab what I need and put on my coat Take a deep breath and step out the door Believe in yourself, uh-huh, for sure This is Annie's song, it's a jam to us One last thing, can't get on the bus This is Annie's song, it's a jam to us One last thing, can't get on the bus Yeah, this is Annie's song, it's a jam to us It's like one last thing, can't get on the bus Say this is Annie's song, it's a jam to us One last thing, can't get on the bus Yeah, this is Annie's song, it's a jam to us us. One last thing can't get on the bus. See, this is Annie's song. This is Annie's song. Yeah, this is Annie's song. Yeah, this is Annie's song. Yeah, this is Annie's song. This is Annie's song. Yeah, that's right. This is Annie's song. Alright. Pick him out, pick him out, pick him out. Gotta make a good decision. And when I get my clothes on, I get to go to the kitchen. Pick him out, pick him out, pick him out. Gotta make a good decision. And when I get my clothes on, I get to go to the kitchen.